trying to prepare to come back and, and race again in, in, you know, in 17, 18, building a race team. Both times, like, I, I, I don't want to say I talked you out of it, but I, when you first called me when you were at Fox and I was at Answer, I, I remember we probably talked 30 minutes and I, I was like, you don't want to come over here. <laughs> it was like. So I was so nervous. I locked myself out of my phone. What's up, guys? It's been a long time. I missed all y'all. Welcome to Bubba's World, the podcast. The one-year anniversary. It's been one year. A lot of things unchanged, but one thing remains the same. I got my boy here, Raj. Y'all know who it is. Roger Larson. Good friend. Say what up, Raj. What's up, guys? So since we... Cole just really interrupted me right now. I was going to say, before we continue and all that, we got to introduce Cole... Beat, beat, beat. Y'all know who it is. Cole, what's your last name again? Uh, beach. Yeah, it's funny. It's part of a, uh, like, that's that's a that's a slogan. Oh, everywhere we go now. Yeah. When I introduce them, like, this is producing, and they're like, oh, Cole Beach, Cole Beach. Yeah, yeah like, when, when we were doing the uh, the picture for the, the Rod Day, the, the kids are in there like, that's cool. What's, what's, what's his last name again? Like, so it's, oh, it's really? a joke. Oh, I, even I even still... my kids say it like, uh, Cole. Hey, I think name? your kids are saying beach. They ain't saying beach. Yeah, saying they ain't beach. saying beach. Yeah. They'd be like, bitch. Yeah. So I still get it from time to time, even from friends back home. They're like, Cole, what's his name? I'm like, I, I still think it's funny, but yeah, it's uh no, it still yeah. lives on, even though you jokingly remembered my name now. Yeah, no, I I think so. We've come <laughs> yeah. a long way. I kinda a long way. I kinda wanna know what he had my uh, name in his in his phone as like as my contact. No, you just Bubba's world. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even put beach. It starts with a beat. So yeah, nonetheless, y'all know who this is. So we got the whole crew together and it's been one year. I can't I, believe it's been a year. Yeah, it it has. And it seems like like when we said we did like 40 episodes on the recap or, or 40 total, total episodes. Yeah. 40 show, like 40, 40 shows. shows. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I was looking at these numbers on here. Well, I said 40 and then it's 38 shows right here between the podcast and rewind. What? 2031 minutes of content. And especially for a cat like myself that like literally like disappeared for two years. Come <laughs> two. up there and the drop like. It might have been longer than two. 2K worth of minutes of content and, on there. But even like thinking about that, like. I've heard you talk a lot when I'm like going back through and editing everything. That's a lot of minutes of James Stewart talking. Yeah. Uh, and people wonder why like I'm like my I got a, a water break. Like it's because I ain't never talked this much in my life. So yeah, it's it's been a lot. And that's only stuff that makes a show. You know, like there's a lot of minutes that aren't used. Oh, yeah. They don't even hear now the the hour phone calls we have, the or the, the eight hour meetings that, that the one episode that the first ever episode that didn't see the light of uh, day. Yeah, that's another that thing. That never happened. That, that, that yeah. Happen. There, it's like that, that, what, like an Ali fight or when he might, possibly might have lost yeah. or something like that. Like you heard about myth. it. But, that's a myth. They yeah. Never... But, you know, we were that bad that they had to like, damn, we can't even put that out. So, but <laughs> it, it was, was some good gems in there. But I, I just think like from that point um, a, a year ago, but ironically, I talk a lot now. And like when I have conversations with people, like I talk and I'm like, shut the f up. Excuse my language. But I'm telling myself that in my head. But it's like I like just when I'm trying to describe Eli's bike, 
I got to like get it in detail. So like, I'm like, I can't just end this conversation the way it is. I got to like continue it. So in my head, I'm like, dude, just get to the end. And I can feel like Cole's like, don't, don't come back on, come back on yourself. You got to shut it up, like cut it out. So my everyday life, like I'm doing right now is a lot of talking. So, but what I thought was cool before you got here, Roger and I were looking at kind of the, the actual podcast download stats and obviously U S is the leading market but then australia was australia second, yeah australia second with yeah it was, yeah, it was like over a hundred thousand from just australia yeah, and man, down for down under man yeah. those my peeps yeah like, yeah i mean me and chad we best friends now like <laughs> so we we good no it's it's cool it, i mean we had when you start looking at all the places I mean, we've been like number one in like San Bodica or whatever. What is it? Yeah, Africa, yeah, Africa, Africa yeah. something yeah. like that. And so that's that's cool when you have a lot of people across the world. So our name is really fitting for like what we do, like yeah. the whole Bubba's world and all that. But yeah, our Instagram, we created this thing. We got almost 90,000 Instagram followers, um, you know, 40, almost 44,000 on YouTube. And then, dude, we almost, what? 760,000 roughly around that part of downloads from just the podcast of people listening. So, and that's just, you know, that's downloads. It's that's not even downloads, just yeah. plays. Like people could play it, not download it. And yeah, I mean, we had multi, multi millions um, on, on that, but it's cool. It's cool. My, my biggest thing is, is that like just the, the industry and then the riders and stuff, like some of the stuff I say is, truthful you know and like i always tell people that like you know i'm i'm honest about stuff and um, i don't feel like i i try to say the things if i was a rider racer uh, back when i was racing i try to say the things that i know like most of them are probably going through that they wouldn't be able to say or like somebody in the industry that would say that um so i i kind of like say it and i i think the the cool part is is that like the respect i've i've um, I've always had for everybody, but like they have like for like us, you know, to be able to talk about a motorcycle and then have that team actually call and like ask me about their motorcycle. And I guess back in my day, it was always like, if you said something, um, that person wouldn't even talk to you, you know? And so it's, it's cool to, to see the industry, the respect I have for them and mainly the riders. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Who's, that's who's cool. watching and yeah. Um, that's really cool and stuff. So I appreciate that. And then obviously my fans that's been there from the moto when I used to race, but this followed me over to like doing this, um, and then gaining more is, is really cool. So it's kind of humbling. I think just within the last year, so much has changed from being inducted to Hall of Fame to having this show and then whatever the future leads to. And then again, having my boy Raj here, it's, um, just like seven, then we came a long ways in a short time. It's cool. But even uh, like looking back a year ago, before we'd even done a show, we were talking, oh, how often can we do this? Like, hmm. obviously, Roger's coming from California. I'm from Utah. Like, it's a yeah, lot back of traveling. Then, you were just, you were still working for a line. You were just yep. coming. So he, he would go to the races on the weekends and yeah. then fly straight here. No, but them. we, but we weren't even thinking that we were going to do the weekly thing. Like we were like, yeah, right, maybe that, that was once filler. a month, yeah. once a month. And then obviously people were like, no, we want to hear James Moore. And I'm like, yeah, I don't blame him. Like mm-hmm. there's some good shit, but yeah. And then we're just like, all right, well we got to go zero to a hundred. It yeah, was that first, did. it was that preseason yeah. episode. And then we're like, all right, Anaheim one, we're going to the race. We're coming right to James's yeah. and 
yeah i mean that was yeah that was, it was it was awesome but yeah definitely locked some air miles no it was i mean i'm glad we kind of happened that way because i don't even know if you took the job if you knew you were doing <laughs> yeah. that and i know probably budget wise we we're like yeah wait hold up like <laughs> it was but no i mean it really came down to like once we did the first show um of course like you you wanted to go good and you say all right we'll continue going but if the people don't like it then um I, I wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't do it. So it's, it's all the people watching it and the, 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 the feedback we got from the industry and all that is why the show kept continue going and, and it became like every week and I enjoy it. So when you have people that like it and I enjoy doing it, it's cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a good mix between guests that we had on yeah. and then the podcast, what we're doing here and then that recap show. So, and before I interrupted you before or earlier. You um, always do. You, always do. <laughs> um, you were talking about how when we first put out that first one, obviously we're a podcast going from zero to X amount of downloads. And so we jumped up on the charts of, you know, top podcasts. And I think that's what stunned you and also like motivated you more to do more and like get into it even more. Cause like at first you're like, ah, oh, who knows how this could go? But that was like the nail in the coffin. And you're like, let's go all in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, First episode, we jumped to number one in the world in sports, like whatever. It's the world. It's the world. All right. Like it might be USA. It might be Florida. It might be Polk County. I don't care. Number one, we jumped up on there. And so, of course, like, and you know, I was telling my boys, like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> did this podcast. I'm, yeah, I'm number one on the charts. Like, yeah, Apple charts. So, yeah, it's like being like the Hall of Famer. Like, you don't think about it until like somebody calls you in the Hall of Famer and you're like, yeah i'm in the hall of fame like yeah i got a hall of fame on there so yeah this podcast was cool so but even that this for the people listening or watching at home this podcast just consists of us three like Mm -hmm. us three in this room is is who are putting it out every week we're the like it's just three it's just the three of us no it is it is that's why sometimes this room was the old uh was the it's the studio i mean it it's fitting because it was my little media room So we're in, the, we're in the back house at the compound, which is where this was one of your the first place you moved out, right? Or second, second place. It's not really moving out when you like really moving over. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, or, yeah. Oh, you yeah. moved over yeah. from your, from your moved parents' over. house. Pops really come knocking on the door. He had the key. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I moved out and I created this room right here because like I wanted a, a, a place you know, I so this by myself. Like, would do the Rick James videos. Oh, oh yeah. That's a Rick James biatch like <laughs> yeah. up in here. Yeah. And right here in this, in this room. Yeah. Well, there's the guitars up there to, to prove it. Yeah. But yep. And even when we, so Cole and I kind of built this studio, but we had no idea what we were going to decorate it with. And then all these trophies and all that were just out in the, in, in the house. So we just took them from. Yeah. Scattered all yeah. in the closets and the cabinets <laughs> and, you know, you got a lot of like trophies when you pull them out and you're like, damn, like I haven't seen, oh, damn. Um, no, I haven't are. seen these trophies, a lot of these trophies since I won them on that night <laughs> on there. So coming through, I'm like, oh, the damn. The closets like, in yeah. this house, the garage, the, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. But yeah, it is, it is just us three. And I think a lot of people think that it's maybe more produced than what it actually is. And there's some more no, it's people just, behind the scenes, but it's just. It's really just two. Uh, it's two. Like they built the studio. I just come in and talk. That's what I really do. 
I don't even know if I had any No, but input. we don't we we don't have knowledge. We don't hey, can't the say bubbles, things like you. No. In the Buzz World group chat, there's three people. So it's, Yeah, no, but I But there's it's one three. texting and it's me. No one's just That's no one's just, only, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, just cold texting. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're but always to to go back on where this idea even came from was really when I was at Feld, which Roger and I talked about that might be cool to just bring up is that uh you I, I don't even know from your perspective, how did that initial conversation when we did those Feld shows, how did you reach out to them and say, Hey, I want to do this. What made you? Ah, oh, good question. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know how that came about. That's actually one answer. I don't have it. Uh, <laughs> one question I don't have an answer for really. It's kind of like how I got Bubba. I'm like, I don't know. Like somebody called me Bubba and it just stuck. I don't know. I hmm. really, but yeah, I, I really don't know. Um, but I know it was from that, like working with you, I'm like, I, like I, I wanted to, I felt comfortable doing it and I enjoyed it. And it, I'm kind of glad it didn't like continue because it, it let me know, like I created this one, you know? So I don't know if I would, if I would have done that, then it might've been something else. You're so, talking about the recap shows with, with, with fell on there. Um, they kind of spun off, but yeah, it was just fun doing it. And, but we started those in 20 and they stopped because of, covid yeah well it was it was covid um i don't think they mind him getting him getting sick it was budget just like anything else like it was a little bit of budget wise but and then yeah covid happened and then i was also like doing that stuff for like for chase but i would have kept oh, yeah. doing them um, and then yeah it was kind of hit and miss like we do it and then it was like hey like whether you had to go somewhere else but once we committed to doing this and, and what it was like um it was pretty quickly. Like we talked about it for a while yeah. and then we decided to do it. And I remember y'all came down here and I came in this piece, had this thing painted bike was up in here. And then even from that point, the studio has always been, it's evolved a little bit, but it's been like this from day one. But when you start looking at the the content and how we evolved just from like the, our conversations and talking and, and then the, the graphics and all that, when I was talking to the NBC guy, uh, last week he was like oh yeah like um you, your crew like you know how many crew i'm like oh it's those yeah. two right there like and he was like whoa so yeah it, it's the gift oh, that's cool i didn't know that yeah you got to give everybody props everybody with y'all too all the props and the whole crew yeah so it's it's been good so but even like back on that topic of the feld stuff like i remember coming to your place the first time and i obviously had never met you and was nervous straight up. And like, um, I think I forgot, uh, a cert, uh, like a electrical strip search protector and I needed mm. to plug a couple outlets or a couple oh, lights yeah. in. And I asked you and I, I felt so bad, but then we got set up and, um, I was like, I didn't even know what to do with like how the piece was going to form, how we were going to edit it. And then I would just send it to you. And most of the time it was pretty easy. Like, all right, yep, that's cool. Like we like it. And, uh, you know, it was pretty much just you sitting on the couch with two cameras cutting back and forth and yeah. then showing the race footage. And I was just sitting on his floor right under those TVs in his, <laughs> in his, uh, next to his little theater room. And we were just, I remember a couple of times we couldn't even get the footage to play onto the that's TV. What I was about to say. Yeah. We couldn't even get the HDMI to play on the thing. We had these big old TVs and yeah, so four was, of them. Yeah. It was, it was bootleg work, but we got it done though. And I never watched it because you needed two cameras. Cause my ass was so fat <laughs> on there. It was <laughs> like, I, I couldn't watch it. And I think part of seeing that and then looking myself in the mirror is like, well, I was like, dude, I can't, like, hey, hey. I mean, who can take you serious when you're that big ass? So 
Yeah, which is bad look, but it was a good thing that was happening. And then, but that first one we put, yeah, put it out obviously right after a one. And I remember just obviously going to the supercross the next weekend, the pits and just like people saying like, not directly to me cause they didn't know I was associated with it, but like you could hear people talking like, Oh, you see the James yeah, I don't stuff. remember what the, the, Oh, the, the consensus yeah. was. It was, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And then when I showed up at Tampa that year, mm. that's when I. Yeah, but that, that was, you hadn't been to a race really since. No, but I, I spoke to Chad and Chad so, like brought up that. And I was, he was like the first rider that like brought up the show. And I was like, oh, damn, that's cool. Like, that's, that's mm. cool. Chad, like, first time we ever like talked since we raced. And he was like, yeah, I, I see the recap show and it was cool. And then I think I did Race Day Live and they brought it up. So, yeah, the consensus was like it it was starting and then kind of went away. And then I told Raj, I'm like, dude, let's let's kind of figure this thing out. Yeah, he came to me at Salt Lake. Uh that was the Salt Lake Seven. Went yeah, during that. The the seventh round. Yeah. I remember it was dark. I was at the Yamaha tent because Colt was gonna win that night. And I was like filming him leave the pit or whatever. And you're like, hey, hey, we got an idea. Cause you're obviously over there with Malcolm and and uh you're like, Yeah, I remember this. And at first I mean, I brought it up in the, one of our first shows. I thought it was like a vlog that you wanted to do. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, yeah. And I was like, I didn't I'm understand I'm like, no, it. no. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, we were trying to figure out what a vlog, 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 video. I didn't know but, that. But, uh, yeah, and, then I, and then I was still living in Connecticut at the time with my parents, and I remember you calling me and telling me more, and I was like, holy crap, I don't know anything about a podcast. Like, this is better start learning. Yeah. And, uh, and then we, we still don't really, I, <laughs> yeah, we're learning. Yeah, we, I mean, we, got plenty, we, go. we got plenty to learn still. And, and then, yeah, I, uh, we had that meeting where the first time all three of us were on the phone and then it was pretty much a month later I was here and we're working on this. So yeah, yeah it, once it, once it moved, it started moving quick. Yeah, no, I did. And all the people, like when I say we're learning, we're, it's us three. And, um, I think you obviously have more being a media guy um we kind of lean on you like hey cole like i mean what, what you should know these answers you've got a camera you know how to work a camera right so you should know how to um a vlog or whatever the hell it is uh <laughs> works but even just from the people like some of the comments you can tell like which is cool i'll read people's comments and they'll they'll, they'll give me ideals um about like oh how how it works and so my point is is that like we're learning even from like our comments from some of the fans it's like oh yeah you this content and, and all this, um, and, it, and it's just us three, so it's cool. And then I didn't even know until last week, your ass got fired on there. What got from, fired from fail? No, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I got the call that. Yeah, got the call on there, you along got, with like thousands well, of other people. I know, I know. <laughs> don't defend yourself on there. Like, don't defend. Yeah, that's no the, job. Like, that's the cool thing about about Cole Beach is I, I don't think many people know this too, but he's so brand new. Yeah, like not just brand new with us, but brand new kind of with with the sport. Yeah, you know? so he and I we, we can have conversations uh, and stuff, and I just assume that he knows exactly. Well, no, I, th I think that comes more from like a lot of my age is why like a lot of things you'll bring I up. I didn't know you were that young either. <laughs> you'll, yeah, true. You'll you'll be like, oh, do you know, remember this? I'm like, dude, no. I was like five. Like what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that trips me out too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And I mean, uh, this everybody in this room, all three of us on there. It's, but you know, it, it interests me how in depth you are. Like, that's, what's really cool is like, you're, you're doing the research. Like, I mean, you're just showing us stuff that you wanted to spice up the studio with that you're possibly buying. 
and you're looking on the insights on the analytics of all the videos and the comments like that's um that's pretty special that I don't think. No, that goes back to one of those questions that one of these, uh, one of these. Yeah, that will get to later. And it was a good one. Yeah. Now I, I've always been that way. Um, like whenever I choose to do something, like I do it to the fullest, um, like on there. And I, I really truly love doing this. Um, so the whole research, I watch just as much video as I do now that I did when I raised as far as studying like riders, just, I look at it in a different way instead of using it to attack them. And like figure out how to beat them, I use it now to like knowledge wise, how can I explain like what's going on? And I love doing it. So, um, yeah, my, my days always, every day at some point I'm watching like a moto or supercross video. And like, I was about to tell him, I was like, I was watching the off season, uh, some of the guys that were like the guys that were doing good last year, I was looking at them and I saw a clip of Jason, um, Anderson, he, he like, they got that shock working a little bit better on the Cowie. I, I liked it. I don't know where they were at, maybe Paris or something. I saw Adam out there and then um, a couple of pro circuit guys. And, and then I saw Colt, Colt on this Honda. Eli looked really good in Colorado. So so are you like when you're doing that, are you going on like social media and like specifically searching these guys? Or are you just scrolling and seeing this stuff? No, I, I was searching them. Yeah, uh, no, I, I searched them. just so again, it's the off season. And so a lot of the stuff that I like watching just like how we did at the studio. I like watching how guys progress and you can really tell like a guy early on, like how comfortable they look. And there's some guys that would be fast and some guys that look comfortable on there. And Eli looked like he was mid season form um, at his place. And I just noticed like with Jason, some of the things that he was struggling with last year, those that double D effect, like they looked like they got that thing. Like it, it was better and how it was working. So but, yeah, I, I like to study. So now I was specifically looking for like certain guys, like Supercross um, preseason testing. But to be fair, like you, you can speak to this, but like obviously Instagram is a place where people are posting their best stuff. Like maybe speak from your experience on when you're a racer, are you posting things like that purposely to like maybe it's you feeling really good one day, hmm. but, but maybe not the rest of the days. I like mean, you could probably go back to his Instagram, and I think every. Every year in the October, November, there's a shirtless photo now. Yeah, I mean, usually like right there, if it was something to show shirtless. Now. But yeah. <laughs> but that November, you were... No, everything every that year. I posted, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Like, I didn't really think about it. But everything I did post, like, was for a reason. Like, I never just posted, like, uh, just random stuff. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe Drone in the Zone or something like that. But yeah, any video I showed, like, it was for a purpose like if people were like like i was struggling in the whoops i would show a whoop photo like of me like going through the whoops or like a a video or just a hot lap so i was doing it because perception in my my head was a big reality like we didn't have guys riding with each other so like all they saw was like a clip like that and it was far and few there's so many people posting a lot of stuff. So I didn't, I don't watch, I haven't even seen anybody's on Instagram because I expect their Instagram video to be like a default photo, like really good. <laughs> so yeah, you can watch it, but I like watching the videos from like trans world or, or racer X and, 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 you know, those guys that they come out there and they start filming and they'll film like a whole bunch of people. And that's when you really can tell because the guys out there testing and they don't necessarily know they got the camera on him right and they're not the one cutting the clip to put yeah it on exactly and so I, that's 
that's where I was looking at these videos from. I didn't even check anybody's Instagram because gotcha. I, I know that'd be good. So <laughs> me and Cole were talking about this the other day. We were at Eldon's last week, and now with Malcolm training out in Florida and not being in California as much, those during the week test days for me, I, I'm not I'm not going to the track that much. But being at Eldon's last week, I when you're not there, you forget. And even as close as we are, I forget how much work goes in. Like right now. Like yeah. Malcolm called me at like five, six o'clock on his way home and he's, you can, he's smoked. Like he's yeah. just smoked. Yeah, it, it is. Um, just riding yeah, bicycle gym. Yeah. Like it's, it's so gnarly. I think people just see the races on the weekend and think it's all glamorous, but that yeah, Monday through Thursday. Well, I think no that's joke. That's why like people, uh, I forgot somebody asked me and they were like, oh, you get tired from flying on there and no, I'm like, i asked you i think we, yeah, we talked about it yeah yeah which and, i don't agree with anything you're gonna say but let's say. well i mean maybe you will after this and i was yeah that's right and i was saying well i think you guys you guys get tired because it's a different it's a different um feeling than what we go through like just what you were saying about like the training and stuff like i was more tired between like october and like january than i was like at no, all sure. that's what i was saying like this time of um, year right now yeah and it's because like you you know you travel so you have kind of like two days off like during the week of traveling you don't get two days off um you know when you're doing training and even though like you might have like sunday you always had like either a rod or it was something but you work monday through friday like on a motorcycle at some point and then saturday was like a long bike ride and then sunday was a recovery and then you just do that every week until um, Anaheim and it just got more, more, more riding and stuff. So yeah, when you start racing, it's like a break on there. Like the whole training, as far as how long your day is when you're racing, you get up, you eat, you might warm up and then you go ride and then you'll come back and you'll do like a gym session or like a bike ride or something. When you're like training, you get up, you train in the morning, you go ride, then you train again, and then you'll do your your weight stuff. And then at night, then you're like stretching and then you do that every single day on there. So like you, it's just the amount of time that you put in that, like when you race, it's like so much easier. And in the part of the flying stuff, it's more, uh, again, you're, you're doing less work than you have last like three months. So the whole flying, it almost seems like you have a break more than anything else. I mean, might be tired from race, but it's a lot easier when the race races start way easier. Yeah, but flying private, flying commercials. Yeah, no, I mean, that is, but like for you, like I was saying, like your, when your off season is like you're, you're off, you're in the office doing your stuff. You're not flying that much. And then when the season starts, you're flying. So it's like your, what your race season is kind of like our training, like all of a sudden, like you're still in the office, you're doing all that stuff. And now you're going to the races on the weekend, but you're still doing all the stuff that you were doing like prior, like when you had off. Um, and then, so you're carrying our stuff, like washing our gear, making sure like our stuff ain't there. So your whole week is like way more intense, like as far as the weekend, so many more things that you have to like think about than like we do on there. So I think that's why like you look at it as like, like it's way harder on there once the like re- their season starts. It's just a grind. It's just, it's a grind. Like it's just a and grind. It, and it is. So like I said, I think you guys go through boot camp during the season on there 
it compared to the routers. Our boot camp is nothing compared to these guys. Like I said, it, I think the fans they think it's all sure. all glamorous and that, but those those during the week days yeah. are gnarly. Well, I think that's why you also see certain guys like like they don't understand why guys quit. You know, like you have guys top athletes and they quit. You know, and like both Ryan's like they're on top and then they just stop. And it's because it's not the racing; it's that schedule. That, it's not even the schedule; it's that. October to like December, like it's that part that you're like, dude, I can't, I don't want to go through that again on there. Like it's, you look, you look at boot camp, you look at those weeks, um, those six to eight weeks of like doing that. It's the off season stuff that you're like, oh man, I don't want to do that on there. And then, so you add that on top of the fact that like, it's like, if you don't do that, then the injury rate comes up like then possible. Cause you're not prepared the same. Right. And so like everything just intensifies um, because you're not doing that work. And if you can't physically do it or you mentally fried, that's why guys like stop. It's not because it's like they don't love it or, or it's the racing. No, it's, uh, it's everything else. It's the Monday, uh, through Friday, uh, program that makes you like, I can't do it on Saturday anymore. What so. did you dread the most specifically during that time frame? Was there a certain workout or cycling or anything? what did you dread the most? Um, well, I, I think I had the luxury of being able to be talented as hell. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, I mean, no, the, the, the work for sure um, was tough. But I think as I got older, I knew what I needed to do to make me feel good. And and I was having the luxury of like having Eldon um, around. I had trainers before. I didn't have trainers. I've been working with Pablo, with Johnny. So I had a, a base of when I was towards the end of my career, I kind of knew what I needed to do. And so I was able to do it in a way where I just started focusing on what made me feel good, like riding and then the, the training that made me feel good. So it was a little bit different than when I was directly with Ellen and it was like on a program that was like kind of like built out and he had his madness uh, method to his madness. He liked to say of like, okay, how do you get from A to Z? Um, I was able to get from like A to like H to like Q, then Z, you know, not A, B, C, D, like all that. So again, I was, as you get older, you get smarter on there. And then like, you realize like, well, I'm mentally, if I'm in the uh, mind state, like I can go out and race these guys. So I was able to do that. And then in um, 14, I started enjoying the actual Monday through Friday program because we were testing with the motorcycle and doing all that stuff. So I guess for me, what made me like, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm tired was, one, just some of the issues that we were dealing with the last year with the motorcycle and, and things that, you know, we were trying to, well, how I was finding out about things and struggling with suspension and stuff and, and, and that kind of thing. Like, that was one of the driving facts to why I was like, dude, I can't do this. And then the, the being nervous and the, the, the sleepless nights, even waking up in the morning, like throwing up, like that feeling um because I, I wanted to do good and that's the part that i was like i i don't want to deal with that anymore so, having ulcers and and all that stuff because i cared and then like i said i was sitting on the gate at washugal and it was the first time i was ever not nervous and that was the last time i rode a motorcycle it was nervousness of winning or nervousness of getting hurt and crashing no i never really i never was concerned about i mean of course you always get concerned about like getting hurt, but 
I don't think I really ever thought about getting hurt until I was like done. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go rod. And then I almost, I busted my eye up and looped out. Then that was the time I was like, I'm too old for this, like, and hit the ground. But when I raced, I never thought about, like, or or rode, like, timid of, like, getting hurt. It wasn't that. It was it was the nervousness of, of trying to, like, win and expectations of myself, but also, like, other other people. And, and I think that's what, that's what ultimately, like, did me in on there. I wouldn't say did me in, but that's what was the biggest thing that I hated was just how I made my own self feel on there. And it's because I wanted to do good. And so, but that's what made me do good too, you know, and that's what kept me sharp. And that's when I say like, there was only one time I've ever had that feeling where it wasn't there. And that was the last time I raced a motorcycle. So, well, on that topic, what, what, I was going to say on the topic of being nervous. I was just going to say that. I was he, just going to say that. There's a different type of nervousness because currently I'm editing the Hall of Fame behind the scenes <laughs> video. And I hadn't seen you that nervous in a while. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of little sound bites in there where you're like, oh, man, I'm kind of. Uh, one of the ladies from the AMA asked you, are you nervous? You're like, I don't know if I'm. Or are you excited? And you're like, I don't know if I'm excited, nervous, or. Yeah. It was. But but bigger things, yeah. Obviously, congratulations on getting inducted. I don't even know if I formally said it, but that was awesome. Really cool to see. Well, I appreciate that. The Hall of Famer. I uh, know, dude. It's weird. Like, hey, actually, last time I wasn't a Hall of Famer when you filmed me last time. So now, <laughs> <laughs> put some respect on my name, son. Put it on. Now I was I was cool, and I think I got nervous because everybody kept saying like, "What, what about your speech? You wrote your speech. What you?" write your speech and i was like when we got there remember they said do you want to put it on the yeah i was like teleprompter and what do you mean like on there and then so and then i left my notes at the house on there not at the hotel but the house at the house that's because i was dragging them kids to the the airport like home alone back in the day like (laughs) get here come on then anyways anyways so i got to step my travel game up because i ain't pre-tsa i need to get that (laughs) um so i i was cool all the way up until i got I started walking on the stage and then dude, it like hit me. Like it hit me. And I was like fumbling over, like, and I was like, all right, I fully forgot everything that I was going to do. And I get up there and like, I'm trying to like, I'm talking. And then at the same time, I had all my notes on my phone. So I got my phone sitting here and this I'm like, best part. This I'm best trying part. to like type, type my code in to get my phone. And I'm so nervous that I hit it and I locked myself out my phone. Like lock myself out my phone. And you know how many times you got to type your thing in. So I'm talking to everybody like, oh, yeah, thank you. And I'm like looking down and then it so it locks it out. So I'm up there and I'm like, then I go into like, okay, just like what you do when you're about to crash, you safest position. So I start stalling on there until I can open my phone up because I'm, I'm that flustered well, that oh, I were you able to get it back open oh I got it open but I had to focus because next time it's five minutes on there <laughs> and I'm like dude I hell like I mean I might have to walk off the stage so I was so nervous I locked myself out of my phone and then um so I started like stalling and I'm like pause a few tears go out and I was like I don't know like when you talk to somebody that it's an awkward conversation. You bring up the weather, you know, like, hey, how's the weather? So that I was telling everybody about the weather up there. And then, so I was able to get it open, but it was so, it, it was, it was awesome, but it was awesome. But I just couldn't believe like how I just blacked out up there. And then you told me I talked for like almost 27 minutes on there. Well, at least two of those was because I was locked out my phone. I was talking about the weather. Um, but yeah, it, it was, 
it it was cool. It was cool. And, and I think the hardest part for me was, and I don't know if I said this before, but I, as a racer, you're, you're taught to always, I mean, for me, like I, I never allowed myself to believe how good I was on there. And that's what kept driving me to like, continue to want to get better. And then I, yeah, get my ass kicked by a lot of these guys sometimes like showed me that I wasn't that good sometimes, but I think from even how I was brought up with my dad, it was always like, like he would never let me believe like how good I was good enough to like where I was like, I would want to continue to get better, but never good enough to where I would feel like I don't need it, like continue to get better. So we would always race. A, uh, if I was younger, we would race a, a older class and it was always like a challenge. So my whole career, you go through that and you never like really talk about like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm that good. Like I'm, I won 50 races. Oh yeah. I won this many championships. I never talked like that. So to go to the spot in this event and then see people like I haven't seen in years. Which I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Originally I wanted to get everyone there and not, and just have you show up and not know they were all, yeah. they were all there. But that, that went out the window pretty quick. Yeah. A lot of people I, were hitting you up direct. and Yeah. They were hitting so. me, hitting me up. And, and there was, I mean, there was probably 80% of the people that I, I've met in my career that has helped me throughout this. Um, you know, Pete Fox, you know, Johnny O'Mara, like, uh, a lot of guys um, that could, um, Mike Webb, all, I mean, I can go on for the list uh, that didn't come that like I like I want to say like, thank you. But the guys that was there, you know, Eldon and Renee and J-Bone and, and you know, you like there's a lot of people that was there. And then so like the one thing that when you hopefully most riders get to this position they ever feel it but i think the coolest part that was unique for me which i didn't think about was that every time that i've ever won a championship like i celebrated with the team that i was on right then like oscar um and paul the yamaha and then um like keith mccarty that team not kawasaki and, and j-bone so i had a night where all those yeah, people bro. came and it was like a one big celebration of the championship so it was it, it it was a different feeling to be able to like celebrate with like everyone, like a lot of the people that should helped you out throughout your career as like one big championship. And they're all there specifically for you to like cry and then talk about how good you are. And so it was just different than how I was. So I think that was the biggest part that I had a hard time trying to adjust was like that, that weird feeling was I, everybody's here to hear about like what I've done in my career and I want to talk about how good I was because I was able to get in the Hall of Fame. So um, it, it was a special night. And like I, I watched his speech, half of it, and I wish I would have done it 40 times better. But it, it was something that like I'll, I'll cherish. And, and, and again, just from the, the thing from Owlsworth and just all the people, like random people that come up to me and say, like, the Hall of Fame is a big deal. It's, it was it's pretty special. So for, for the people not that don't quite know um osworth is your country club that you're a part of and they actually that was a made a sign a legit and, sign yeah. that said congratulations hall we of famer can, james stewart yeah we'll put it we'll on put the, the picture up yeah and uh yeah that that yeah that is really cool but i think what made you like yeah you're gonna always want the speech to be better but what made it so cool is seeing your emotion and how grateful you were from your family to the people that were in your corner and seeing how much they all truly meant to you and that you knew 
it took all of those guys to help you succeed. And yeah. I think that's what spoke more volumes. You, 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 yeah, you didn't have to speak perfectly or say everything that you probably wanted to. It was people seeing that emotion and feeling that yeah. because, yeah. I mean, I haven't even been a part of your career, you know, while you're racing, but like, I felt like I was be- through that emotion that you were conveying. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, it, it was, it was, um, you can make me tear up like right now, like thinking about it, but like, yeah, it, it was a, it was a special, uh, special night. And I can't even really explain how that feeling is. Um, it, it was, a kind of a, a closing the book of like my racing side of career and just, you know, thinking about like my mom and dad and then seeing my kids there. Like, I, I think there was like a big circle, um, of like being at their age and then like there at an event, not really knowing what that event it is, but knowing you're there for a certain reason, it reminded me of when I used to go to the Days of the Banquet back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my dad, he wasn't up there getting any, like, you know, things, but like awards, but we used to go because I, I would win and I'll be there waiting for mods, but I didn't care. I didn't really even know what I was there for. I was just getting food and chocolate cake and I saw my kids there. And then, so I'm like thinking of my parents and then looking at my kids, it was just, it was like a, like a, like it brought me back to those days. And then, so it was, it was a lot of emotion. And then to think about everybody that traveled, you know, from California, Padio and, you know, all those guys, Renee, all across, um, all across the country to come and like support me. It, it meant a lot. And so just, it, it was a lot of emotions and it finally got the best of me. And I was close to locking myself completely out my phone, but yeah, I, I would, um, I would definitely say it's things happen at the right time for, for me. Yeah. Timing wise, I think that, that the event was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I said the fact you could bring your kids was, I thought was pretty cool too. And they're old enough to know kind of what's going on. And yeah, well, I think, um, and I would play it over and over. They kind of got a sense of YouTube dad. Um, it was pretty good, but I just think for me, like I was able to enjoy it and appreciate it. Like, and that's what, from doing this show, all the stuff that we've done in the last year, the year anniversary allowed me to actually really embrace that night and be able to like enjoy it. And I think that's why I was so emotional and that's why I came out on stage and for whatever reason, life, whatnot, it was like perfect timing for me to be inducted. I think if I was inducted a year before, I would have appreciated it and been grateful, but I don't know how much I would have, I don't think I would have known how cool it was and, and special it was to, to yeah, like that. 100%. So that's why it was, it was special. And like you said, the, the banner at Islesworth, I look at Tiger Woods and I look at all the golfers that's there at a golf club, nothing new in motocross. And like, they come up to me and that's the first thing they say is hall of famer just makes you feel pretty good. And, um, so and it's special. got a good ring to it all. Oh, it does. Hall, Hall it, it, it does. Yeah, it does. So Hall yeah. of Famer was almost choking his son out on stage, giving him a little headlock. I know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that it was tight, a little tight up there. Yeah, I was holding on to the grip, and and yeah, thank God the lady. She must have saw him turning red or something like <laughs> on there, and he's like. Oh. But yeah. that was cool that they were able to yeah. go up there with you. Yeah, I I was, whew, I was scared. I thought. Oh, of, he didn't want to bring him at first. <laughs> I'm uh, like, you gotta bring the kids. And yeah. Then he would send me videos of like the kids just going crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You sure you want to bring these? I'm well, like, I mean, I was worried to indictment as a father, like how bad, like, 
I'm telling you, dude, I used to walk around like, look at that kid. Look at, and I look at the parent like, he's just pathetic. So I was afraid to bring my kids up there and, and blast it to the whole world. How bad like I am, like I'm a punk, man, I'm a punk. And he beat that ass a little bit more. And I thought for sure their phone was going to come out up there. And uh, they were, they no, were, they were good. good. They yeah, were good. They, were, they were cool. So Did they and, talk about it after at all? Like yeah. saying like that they enjoyed it or not? Yeah. No, they, they, it was cool because they, I forgot what uh, Tobias said. He said something that like I knew it was from that event that they had more realization of like what I did hmm. on there. And so, yeah. Um, they only had one moment and that was under your care my watch yeah me, me and you me, we were doing that photo oh, shoot okay. the, the yeah it was the next down. day like i'm or yeah maybe it was before and i'm like hey, don't worry watching. i got it, I got it. Don't yeah worry. y'all are like i'm like see you don't know him like that y'all hyping him up it's like you it doesn't take much to hype him up either yeah no and i'm like sitting there talking i hear boom and I'm like, I don't even, I don't even have to look like parents. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all hear something. It just, it sounds like your kid yeah, would make that kids. noise. That's where I was. And I look over and you just like, <laughs> like what the, the? Yeah, and we're in the hall of fame, the AMA, and they were like, these old bikes and all that. So I can just imagine they got knock over the 1916 hall of fame motorcycle and break a clutch off of it. And then, yeah, that's how it started. So <laughs> But they were cool. Yeah, it wasn't too many. Gam Gam was there. So she kept them under wraps for a little bit. And I was surprised they even made it that long that yeah, night. It, yeah. it was it was late. So it was it was special. So thank you, everybody. Um it's 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 been cool. And it, as you could tell, it still gets to me a lot. And there's a lot of people I like to think um on there, but we'll I don't we don't have that much time on there, but y'all know. I mean, but we do have a uh, behind the scenes video coming out. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I was yeah, kind of like the Bud's Bud's Creek one. But yeah, uh, yeah. I was working out the other night, uh, and uh, I, I was like, oh man, it's actually, it, it it was just like how you piece it together. Like obviously, want it to be emotional and people to feel like they were there, um, and the emotions that like I felt. And uh, no, I think obviously it's it was great content just of you you speaking and it was cool just to like go through the whole day and see how people were interacting and like i was being so congratulate congratulative and uh yeah so that'll hopefully be within the next week or so yeah yeah no it was cool um i mean everybody like i think yeah i mean you raj uh getting all those people because at first like i never even really thought about inviting like i wouldn't say well, inviting it was just different like when we first talked about it, you were like, well, who's just going to, what are we? Yeah. Know? Well, I, I kind of think how I think, like, I mean, like. Yeah. Like, like who? I, yeah. well, more like, I mean, who going to come over? Like, who would want to go and celebrate like me? And then, but then like when it got to the point and like the first person and then and I called Eldon and asked him and they were like pumped. And then I started thinking about it more and I'm like, damn. So that was like up to you and just all the planning and, um, all the stuff you Eddie, I mean, just Cole being able to catch it, like it, it was cool. Um, so it was, it was a special night, and it was a big, uh, like I, I just think, like the people around and not blowing you up, but yeah, thank you, like it was cool. Yeah, you it made it, you good. made it a, uh, a real special night that I, obviously I won't for ever forget i can't even see um we need to go to a commercial <laughs> break right now y'all you're screwing it's commercial time right like, uh, not yet I mean, no yeah we got i mean we got to talk about what else we've been doing what, oh we've been doing been, a lot of stuff uh I, I need to regroup people we'll be right back all right <laughs> 
All right, guys, we back. Had to wipe some tears off, get a little napkin, a little, little crybaby break. That's whatever you want to call it. Told you I was getting emotional about that, bringing it up. But now we're back. Still, it's hard to believe it's been a year. And this is the first year of this. But like, what is it, like 10th or 11th year we've had of the Raw Day? Like on that? Like 11th, yeah. 11th year. And so it's cool to watch like, like all the different things that we we have, like even what seven seven's been ten year anniversary almost with 20, seven twenty three is ten years. Okay, yeah. So we're getting close to ten year anniversary on that. The eleventh year on the Rod Day, first year on the podcast, and then just all the people that like you know you you met throughout your whole career. There's a lot of things going on, and then so for me, all I know is that when we finish doing the podcast and show whatever this thing leads to, I want to get reinducted back into the Hall of Fame for a media mogul. That's broadcast. Broadcasting. Broadcast. Yeah. Broadcast. Whatever that is. Hall of Fame broadcast. Is. Well, you yep. did have a little section for Bubba's World uh, in the AMA Hall of Fame book, remember, when you opened that up and the surprise? Yeah, that is very Whoa. true. That was, oh, oh, yeah. We had yeah, this, yeah. I, I was flipping through, flipping through, and it was boom, like from seven. I Congratulations to my from myself to myself from all my people. <laughs> paid, paid for. Paid for by, by myself. myself on there for myself. Yeah, but it was good. But world, we spent a lot of money over here, and it's hard to get mad at the people because it's been a lot of money, but no, it was good. So I, again, I always like to say the the fans – they really drive this show. I mean, if not, they are the show. And so we always try to figure out one, my, uh, just like I did when I was racing, like my, the opening ceremonies, autograph lines, like trying to give back and then entertain the fans. Cause that's, I love doing that. Same thing goes here. That's a good way to do it. So we wanted to give fans chance that kind of ask some of the questions that they, they wanted to ask me. And I, I haven't read through all these, so I'm a little worried, but we, uh, what well, you submitted it. They, yeah, we put, had we, people on there. Yeah, we put it on social. Like and, and subscribe. Without, I'm not going to say like and subscribe, but like and subscribe. Yeah, well, they were commenting and uh, they commented some questions. There were some good ones. Yeah. There were some, so, yeah. some good ones. So, floor is yours, Roger. Let's get into it. All righty. Uh, well, dirt, before, we, before we get there, I saw my kids out there riding. Yeah. That little. Bakari, dude, he's a racer, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. You need to, I want you to put up the picture of it. I'm not picking any names. Maybe the other one. Maybe Tobias is going to be one. But look at his eyes, Bakari's eyes. I knew you were going to say that right when there. I took that photo. Dude, look at his eyes. And, and all racers, I mean, the tidbit for y'all when you're at home on there. Look at how Bakari's his eyes are looking out. Like his vision's like, one, is focused, but he's looking out for you got this photo call yeah, he's got it right now and like that's how when, if you're teaching people how to ride you know uh last thing you want to do is look straight down at your fender you want to look out on there so you can see what's coming up um oh you were going through those photos from that folder that he sent and yeah you, you, you saw that picture oh yeah i saw his eyes on that's there and i was looking funny. at tobias's eyes and that's one but that's that's cool but if you look at every photo of him like Look at his eyes on there. And that's how you could tell somebody that's like going to race on there. One, he's just so like in zone half the time. And you look at my other kid's eyes. He's like looking at like, y'all looking at me photos, like looking straight down, look cross at it sometimes. Um, and his style, just his elbows up, finger on the clutch, which I, hey, look, y'all can say whatever y'all want. If he wants to have his finger on the clutch, you can have it on there. I don't <laughs> care on there. But it was cool to see that. And that was the first thing I said. And then everybody that was watching him ride, um, they're like, 
dude, that's the racer. And we had to stop. We had to stop because I knew, like, if I didn't stop, there was going to be a yellow, red cross flag that was about to come out <laughs> and dude was going for it. So it was cool. I think it was like, yeah. yeah, that photo right there. Now, you can't tell me that ain't a racer on there. Yeah. Look he, at that. He's got that look. That dude's in the zone. But okay. So we posted that photo on on seven as like the ride day from the ride day. And it shows both of them side by side. But I didn't even notice this in the moment to, uh, yeah, Tobias is number four. Where's that coming from? Hey, yeah. Well, actually, it's Bakari that's four. There's J3. There's oh, okay, J3 okay. And, and then okay. quad. Okay, we'll see a lot of and people quad, are looking yeah. at as like, oh, RC. No. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, me and RC, we cool. We're gonna we're gonna get him on the show too. <laughs> but so, now it, yeah. are they did it was it 73 and 74 now? But it, at first it was J three and then quad. But yeah, he won at 77. Um, or I, uh, maybe it was 70 or 76. It was off one. Um, it was the um age. He was oh. quad four, and then he's the fourth one of a steward on there and then and then you have my um my others when he was six so he was like oh, six that's where it and came i from. think i think you're know, like no oh, maybe go seven or something i don't know so that's where the number four came from but look at his elbow is down terrible style terrible style on there he's looking down like he might be like on there and there's another photo of him going he's like looking at i think he was looking at cole <laughs> on there terrible terrible look at that oh, one. Yeah, that's that the race look at i that. didn't even know that was even going on look at them eyes oh yeah look at oh, that yeah. oh yeah like you need to find a photo of me when i'm riding and i guarantee you my, that's what i'm looking he's looking out on there Finger on the clutch, brake, whatever. I think out. he's even got his tongue out. Like uh, he like might have that. Yeah, you gotta have a tongue out. Yeah. I mean, any real racer, they ah. So, yeah, I saw that and I was like, dude. And then uh, when I brought him over here, all they wanted to do was ride. That's all he wants to do. That's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, they're out there tearing it up. So, so full on mini dad life now. Oh, that that's I'm telling you. I was at the house and I was teaching him. I was telling him something, and that those eyes. So what? I locked in on and I was like, damn it. It's Call. coming. It's coming. Cause Call. the dude was like trying to like ingest what I was trying to tell him. And, um, but it was, yeah, look at that. Terrible style. Terrible style. Look at that. Elbows down on there. Oh, who are you looking at kid? Yeah. So, but yeah, the other one over there. Call Randy Yoho. We're going to date city. Yeah. Well, I saw Randy the other day. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He was out there, but no, it, it was cool. I think both of them. And the funny thing is like he, he actually device, he actually has some like skills, but like he does it only because his brother, he just wants to try to beat him. But no, nah, the other dude, that's that's a dude right there. Look so. at there's mini dad right there. You're yelling yeah. at him. Yeah, no, and I told him put his foot out on there. Oh, he put his foot out. Hey, that's a pretty good picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just need I need a 22 inch Stasic. Just letting you know, or a little bit bigger on there. But yeah, anybody hook a brother up. That's that's your riders right there. So it was fun. So yeah, full on mini dad. I'm excited. Me and a two two. Chad and me, Tate, Tate, we coming after you, Tate, we coming after you. <laughs> so no, it's 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 gonna be good. But yeah, they we hit him with a neck burn too. They were all stoked, so it was fun. So anyway, so my bad. I just want to throw that in there. And all right, let's get back to those questions. All right, Dirt Biker One asks, uh, which I think this is this is my favorite question. But uh, Dirt Biker One asks, how much has your personality changed now that you're now that the pressures of racing are over? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for me, that's kind of where like Bubba's world, the podcast where yeah. I think where it kind of started, where the idea came from just those. Yeah, I, for sure. Um, 
think my personality's changed. Um, you know, kids, because well, one, when you have kids, which both of y'all haven't had on there, maybe you have, you don't even know you got them, but you know, that could be, that <laughs> could be, but like that, that changed your perspective on life in general. So I really, I wasn't around racing when I actually have um, my first kid. I mean, I raced Washougal and I was kind of hit, Millville and Washougal, and then I was kind of gone. So your perspective changes, but I think it was more, um, you know, I took some time off and, and figured it out, uh, figured whatever out I was trying to figure out and have my own time being a dad and then doing this, doing this podcast. And I think it was really when I showed up at like Tampa and when I was working with Chase, showed up at Tampa and then was around like the industry at Honda guys and a lot of people and they were coming up one, you talking about the rewind show we were doing or talking to the Honda Honda guys and, and suspension setup and setup of a bike. And it was just like a, it, it was a, a comforting feeling of like the respect. Like it, it was just a different, like all the knowledge that I, I had over my career. And like, there was a, a wall let down and, and I was, people were like listening to me for what I was having to say instead of like listening because I rode a motorcycle or like a, or we, I was competitive or, or whatnot. So I guess that being said, it, it allowed me to kind of be relaxed and, and kind of be myself. So I would say my personality has changed a lot uh, just because it's, there's no, everything that I'm doing at this point is because I want to do it. And people enjoy like listening to me and I enjoy talking and it's me. And so I guess when you, when you're able to do something that you feel like, it's who I am on there and never really had a chance to do that throughout my whole career. I think all the talking that I'm doing is, is probably all the talking I never did do. Uh, I never got to do when I was racing. So I guess my personality is just more, um, it comes out more because there's no pressure at doing it and I enjoy, and I really don't like look at certain negatives or get worried about certain things, um, in life because I have a better perspective on what actually matters and stuff. So just enjoying life. So my personality is, is changed a lot. And I almost feel like I didn't even answer that question, which probably goes on to the fact of why my personality has changed a lot. So Roger, back in the day, I, I want you to bring up that thing you said last night in the hotel about, about, you, about the kids. Oh, the, <laughs> the, the hot gum. Yeah. The hot gum. So anyone that knows James, even a little bit knows he's like germaphobe. Uh, hand sanitizer all the time. Walks around like this. <laughs> I hated kids. Sorry. I mean, I ain't hate them, but they were snot boogers and Lots stuff. Of, like, like, but anyways, so, I love the kid. Bubba loves kids. Bubba knows. Bubba loves kids. So we're walking into, into the, we're walking into the hall of fame to the ceremony. James puts a piece of gum in his mouth. He says, Hey, you want a piece of gum? Or he, or he says, you want some hot gum? And he says, yeah. So he, James is chewing on some gum. He sticks his fingers in his mouth, takes, breaks the gum apart, puts it in, in, uh, in J3's mouth, and then he's chewing on it. He says, oh, this is too hot. So little James takes his hand, puts it in J3's mouth, puts it back in his mouth. And I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, how do you know who you are anymore? Like, who is this guy? And granted, it, I, I, it's your kid. I, I get it. But still, it's you. Yeah. And it, it just, but there's a lot of those that happen every day that even as close as I am to you, it still trips me out. So for me, this was the best question of all because <laughs> it blows my mind. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think that really has much to do with pressure of like not racing. I I mean, it's like the bird, just, yeah, like the yeah. worm, like the bird, like the mother bird. And they like chews the food, regurgitates it, gives it back to the baby so he doesn't choke. Like I'm the dad that cuts the grapes in half because I don't want him choking on it. I think, but more, yeah, I think that story more relates to just how fatherhood has probably changed your personality. Yeah. I mean, I, we got time to waste that gum. <laughs> there. Like, I mean, I was smacking that too, but yeah. And it's funny cause to, um, J three, whatever he, he's like how I was in racing, like on there, he won't eat after anyone. He won't eat after his brother. He's, I'm the only person he'll eat after. Like if, um, like if his brother drinks something, I got to sanitize it. Like I, for whatever, I got to sanitize mouth and you knew where my mouth been like, Hey, whatever, <laughs> but I got to sanitize it. And so he's like how I was my whole life on there. And that's cause he was brought up through the COVID era and whatnot. But I going from like, yeah, going from the able to do that, which is only the only person I would do those two. Uh, but going from like not eating at any of my family's house besides my mom's, and then like same thing at restaurants, plastic fork, shaking your hands, not shaking oh, your you hands. Always like, use plastic forks. Uh, no, dude, I'm I still got it. Like I when I open a cereal, it's got to be ate within two days, otherwise I won't eat it again. Mm. Like and it's because. A long, 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 long time ago, I was at grandma's house and I saw this big ass roach run across the macaroni and cheese. So at that point, I decided Ooh. I ain't eating. I had a hard time eating mac and cheese for a long time. But I'm like, look, I'm just going to take my chances at home. And then so I, I, I won't eat out of other people's cribs. Um, and it's for the longest time. And, and I'm, kind of, I'm still that way. But I will regurgitate peace folk come if I have to get it out of his mouth. Because they so, didn't have many of them. So. But there's a lot of those that happen now. Through, yeah. And like, not just with the kids, but just a, a lot of just. But even, yeah, like you talked about, like being able to be more yourself. And obviously, I didn't know you personally when you raced. But like people will come up to me and be like, oh, it's so crazy how open he is and how much he just has like a personality. Because, I mean, it sounds like you were much more shut out and like you said you didn't talk much and just i mean you showed glimpses of your personality with rick james and jerome but like now you're finally able to kind of just relax you don't have anyone kind of pressuring you on what to do and well i i wouldn't say my and that's probably we're getting more detailed in this question i I wouldn't say my personality's really changed on there i'm just able to show my personality more and i'm able to show it because i'm not worried about the consequences or thinking about what I say and worried about how that like affects everything else. So people didn't realize, and they don't think about a lot of athletes, um, you know, when you, when you speak and stuff, and especially like athletes that maybe being the first at doing something or top of the sports, everything that I ever said, like had to be thought out because like it had repercussions, whether it was fans, um, Thinking it comes off one way, riders coming out, like getting upset, taking you out, sponsors, like it affected everything. Like if I said something, like if I said the double D's on there, like if I was, it would piss maybe one of my um, somebody manufacturer went like that in there, and it would it could cost me money. So it was when you think about life like that, I grew up like that was my whole life uh on their pro- professional career so it was hard to be my personality in the sense of like what i said could dictate 
like my future really uh, how much I eat and don't eat and and um it upset people so now like when I speak um I just think like I understand what's uh important and I just don't the things that maybe I was worried about saying I just don't like I don't bother with that like I don't I'm not angry at people I I I rather embrace people and like have a conversation with somebody instead of like you know worried about whatever it is so I think it's that and so my personality is more like me because I don't feel like I'm being somebody I'm not on there and I'm not I don't feel like I'm being somebody I've never was like the video the Rick James stuff and running around in my underwear drone in the <laughs> yeah, zone like point. you know uh Django like they, they've always been in there it's yeah. just now uh, I just I I enjoy doing it people like that this is me on there so I think that's why I love talking and um enjoying doing this podcast because people like to hear like me and it's it's yourself so yeah not being able to do that for a lot of different reasons is is probably what's the biggest difference right now what you see maybe that's why we ain't got no sponsor of the show too like <laughs> maybe maybe it does still affect me anyways not gonna be one of these people that say if you if you're one of those types that don't like you know that like and you know subscribe button like we're gonna be the ones that aren't like that so make sure you, if you don't like that make sure you like and subscribe right here <laughs> that was good i like that i like that uh reed takasuko asks what's the craziest story you couldn't tell while still racing i mean the craziest stories i couldn't tell while i was racing i probably probably because it's i can't tell you now either i mean i that's a that's a hard one to ask i mean uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think at some point it probably came out. And if it hasn't came out, there's a reason why it hasn't. And it ain't coming out today. So, sorry, Reed Takasuka Taka. Uh, sounds like you're from Far East Coast, too. Um, <laughs> good question, but yeah. Um, all right, next question. Uh, Revival Coding asks, I'd like to hear more about James, how James came to terms with retirement and what was really happening in 17 and 18 uh, there were talks of a privateer team coming together. Yeah. So my, my last, once I figured out that I, I wasn't going to resign with Suzuki, um, while listening to the broadcast on there, <laughs> <laughs> on there, um, I decided like at that point, I'm like, look, this is, and I just had my first kid. So I was like, man, tough, I had a tough, um, couple races during that tough year actually and then the first race i get knocked out uh, me and dungey got into it and it was just like injury after injury and then struggling with the whole team situation and just felt like i needed a a, a change kind of like the ken rocks and like deal in the sense um there it was just some negative stuff going on and for whatever reasons um you know i was planning on in 17 when i when i stopped I guess when we stopped in at Washougal, like I never thought at that point that was the last time I would race motorcycles. So um, actually when I was sitting up there, I was thinking, okay, we're going to take a break. I'm done. And I talked to Webb after the race and he was like, look, obviously like this year hasn't gone good. We got some uh, preseason testing. We got some new stuff on. And at that point we were struggling with uh, suspension big time, trying to go back and forth. How was Blake doing then? Blake was hurt too. Um, Blake was hurt too. So the plan was, and I, I already had like somewhat of a deal, um, somewhat like signed, I wouldn't say signed, but it was 
agreed upon really um to race um for Suzuki next year we just never doubt, uh, done it because they were trying to figure out we had RCH that year and I think it was um you know trying to figure out budgets and there was a lot of stuff going on but the whole plan was to go racing um the, the next year so we were going to do some preseason testing so we decided after the race that all right I got this big old blister on my hand it's it's not been a good year let's just get ready and start getting ready for Supercross well I'm watching the race and then and figure out like oh James don't have rod so that was like what okay cool so after a long speed up that thing fell through and then I'm like man I need it I want to start my own program like I, I want to start my own program so from Washougal till whenever I decided to retire it was like almost two years on there and that's because I was like look I need a little bit of time off and then trying to start my own team I built this team from like scratch on there and I was going through talking to Renee and hiring. Oh, we had everybody, the, everybody, the um, top guys yeah. in every, from chassis, yeah. motor, suspension. We had, we had everybody on board. Yeah. Uh, we had them all. Um, we who, bought who, bikes. Who was, uh, Rick, who's going to be the team manager. I, we were talking about that this morning. I forgot who was it. I, I think Renee, I, I think Renee, because we were talking about he was going to be somewhat a team manager, but I liked him as a mechanic. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we even talked to um, maybe Mike at one point too. Well, yeah. And so there was there was a lot. There was a lot of team stuff. We we've padded to the numbers and built out bikes, bought bikes, decided okay which bike we're going to ride, which manufacturer can help us, and so basically into 2018. Um, because that was it took a whole year to do that and so we got to like middle of 17 we figured out we had it laid out we had a truck design all this stuff and i'm like i had time to rest and i'm like all right cool like where i'm gonna race in 2018 after being off uh, a year a year well that thing fell through on there and that, that it was it sucked because it wasn't just me it was a lot of the people that involved people. on there and the guy just basically he was a fraud on there. Not even throwing any names. The guy I don't that even care. The guy that was putting up the money because it was a private private investor. And he got reached out to me through you, right, yep. at, at a race yep. on there. And so it was a lot going on. So all the people, like, I was trying to build this team. And then once that fell through, I almost felt like that was a sign of, like, look, like, you need to just figure out what you're going to do. And then so I guess at that point, why I kind of disappeared in the beginning it wasn't to like, all right, I'm at Washougal and I'm like, done, bye, see y'all later, F the industry, whatever y'all thought. It wasn't that. I was actually trying to prepare to come back and, and race again in, in, you know, in 17, 18, building a race team. And y'all know me from my career. I don't say stuff unless I kind of know what I was doing while well, I wasn't retired at that point. And I was trying to build this team and we didn't have it together. So I wasn't going to say I'm building this team. So I was kind of quiet from that. And so once that deal fell through, I was bummed out. And I think that led up to, I don't even know how long that was um, after that to where I retired. I officially retired, retired. And we did the seven videos and stuff. And I think it was just a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that like was kind of hurt, like the way it went down, like, and then just the people I was involved on that. So went from watch you go to building a team, which took over a year, that thing fell through. And then it was at that point, that's when we started coming up with a video and said, okay, I'm done. I'm done racing. So, but I think it would be cool to maybe get Renee or, or get a couple other people 
um, on the show that were a part or that were going to be a part of that, uh, the team that, that yeah. we were trying to, because uh, again, I think that could be its own. It's, yeah. It's a lot to talk about there. It's going yeah. to be its own show. Definitely. It, it was a lot. And I'm, I'm leaving out 75% of it. There was so much other stuff that was involved in that decision, like on there. And when I, as I said before, that feeling of not, um, not being nervous on a gate, like at Washougal, and that was the last time I raised. The reason I was starting my own team and doing it different was because, like, I knew, like, I needed to find a way to get that feeling back. And the only way I felt like I could do that was um, creating a program myself because I, I still wanted to raise on there, and uh, I still had the love for it. But I knew, like, I to be competitive and stuff, I needed to to do it like my way to be able to get the best of myself. But like to make that decision to retire was part of the reason why I was sitting on the gate and didn't have that nervous feeling. Like I never felt even um, even as we were trying to build that team, I never once felt that I was like unfinished on there, if that makes sense. So I wanted to come back and race and do it. Um, and I knew the only way I could do that and have that feeling of wanting to be competitive was my own team. But to make the decision to retire was easy in the sense because I never felt like I was leaving something on there. It was like, well, damn, this sucks. It ain't going through, but I'm okay with making this decision. Plus I was like almost 200 damn pounds at that point. I actually wasn't that fat at that. So there was a lot of different things on there. Um, um, that was, that was going through. I was watching Dungey, um, you know, win those championships. And in the course at that, I still felt like I could compete against him. Um, because last time I was out racing, um, you know, not 16 because I was hurt, but last time I was out racing, I was able to run with him and beat him and he's out there winning a championship. So I felt like I could, there was, there was nobody that stepped up enough to where I couldn't like compete with him. And then, um, so I wanted to do it, but then we just made decision or I made a decision and I felt good with it. And then at that point it was like a big relief off my, my shoulders. And that's when I started working with Chase and then recap videos and, Maybe I'm kind of speeding through. This is over a four-year period, but a lot of the the MIA in the beginning wasn't it wasn't playing on there. It was it was a reason why I wasn't talking. And then after that point, then it kind of just got thrown. Got longer. It's like somebody you call them, uh, somebody calls call you, back. and you, they call you again. You don't call them back. You know that feeling of like, damn, like well, I mean, yeah, how this long I can't call. Back yeah, now. exactly. Well, that's what after. That first year, that's what happened. I'm like, well, damn, I haven't like said anything now, and I don't even really want to rehash and give this guy the luxury of me telling him he's an asshole for blowing all this stuff up. So I ain't gonna say nothing. So that was that dark moment, like that text, that phone call. So, well, you, you in that answer, you brought up Kenny. Um, someone asked a question. Rough Rider thirty four asked, uh, "Where do you see Roxon going?" And he's been riding so many different bikes. What would you do or have done differently if you were in his shoes? Yeah, where where I see Kenny um, going, that's a that's a tough one because I see I see a guy that came out a year ago, not less than a year, and won eight on one, and I'm watching him race, and I see a guy that actually looks like freer now um, on a bike. He looks better on the bike than he has in years. Looks more pre-injury right like so i see the talent there and it and it's still there so when i look at that it's i'm like yeah could he could he go out and like 
do good like yeah like so i could see him like i wouldn't be shocked if he won the first race if he was out racing well, i mean like, you I could go back shocked. and watch some of the recap yeah shows you've you've uh, said a hundred times he needs to change yeah and he did yeah and on that point he did exactly what i thought he needed to do to be competitive on there like if he had any chance to have winning and being like a championship guy he had to do what he's doing right now i just don't know how the rest of the story goes on. I don't know if, if mentally, because that's a big thing. And I know if, if Kenny was going to be, if Kenny was going to win a championship, in my opinion, and be, I wouldn't say if he was going to win a championship because if he's talented enough to win it next year, but I feel like the, the scar tissue that he's had over the last couple of years, it wouldn't. And if he continued and, and just got better, it wouldn't be into 2025 that I feel like he would be mentally in a spot and had enough time to go through all the process and believe those demons in the past are gone. Because from experience, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen next night. It takes a while. Even if you start competing and winning, it just takes a while before he'll believe like that mid season, whatever happens and, and the sicknesses, they won't come back. I mean, for him, he probably feels better, but it probably won't be until like Daytona you know, throughout the year that he was like, okay, now something's changed. And what sucks for him is that everybody won't believe that he's back until Daytona. So he's got to prove it not only to himself, but to everyone else. Um, but to be able to do that, I, I believe he's doing the right things to accomplish that. And again, I don't, I don't know his trainer situation and, and all that. Um, but I think the bike and team was the first start, but I believe he has to change everything. So where do you see him ending up at? I don't know if he's changed everything. So to that, that's why I'm like, I, it's hard to, hard to say. And again, like you don't know as much as I see, like nobody knows what he's thinking on there until I, I watch him race. So, but I, I will say this, he looks good now on there. Like he looked good at uh, Paris and I've seen some videos. He looks, he looks like, I don't know. he has some kind of a spark to him on there. And like I said, he looks more, I wouldn't say like a cockiness, but he has that cockiness style back to him that he hasn't had like um, in a few years on there. And even when he won Anaheim one, he didn't, he didn't look like he did like at that race. So, Um, but you can also say it is somebody who is trying to prove something to figure out a ride. So, like once he gets that and everything gets settled, like is this more of him like really doing everything to make it look that way, or is this is all the changes and he feels as good as he looks sometimes? So, um, yeah. Who we'll is see. he training with? That, Did he say when he was here? I mean, I know he was with Blake. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Blake. And again, just like what I said with um, Nick and um, AC and 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 some of the other trainers, not one bit saying Blake's a bad trainer. Um, or Nick, Nick is either. I think both of them are great trainers. I just think it's some, sometimes you need change as a person to feel like anything's different and not that that person is telling you anything wrong, but like in your mind, just like when you hire Nick or you hire Eldon and you hire that, like that feeling that you get of like instantly just feeling like you're stronger. Sometimes you got to shoot hostage to, to, to make a change. And I think that's where, when I say different trainers and even like with Kenny, if he has to change everything, it's not saying that the people around them is bad. bad it's bad. just more, I believe 
when you see somebody normally like the first time it happens they'll fight a little bit longer like let's say it take them until i don't know uh salt lake city round 13 before the sickness then the year the next year it's like round 10 and it becomes like round eight then you see something negative happens and then he's doubling through the whoops at anaheim that's that progression of saying like okay that's the scar tissue that it takes a long time to go from doubling the whoops to believe like you can really compete at 17 races and win championship and you need change you need something to say that's going to be different and like i said you've been saying it all all, all year yeah it's funny um whether you know I, I, I the first time i really had a conversation with kenny was right here in the studio mm-hmm. so it's cool to everything that i saw and was happening during the year like he basically said on there and at, at some point it kind of came um to fruition in in a sense and like I, what he's doing is like you said, like he's doing what I thought if I was in this position, what I would need to do. And I was in this position in 2016. That's why I was like, I need to build my own team. Like I could have got a ride from someone else possibly, but I knew that wasn't going to get me to being back nervous on the gate again. Like I needed a change. So next question, neon arrows, uh, what was your lifestyle like during racing, training things for fun? Not- yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, doing racing, the lifestyle, I mean, I, I did play golf a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think it was, I mean, it was training. Like I just told you, like a lot of the stuff, I felt like if you wasn't training or wasn't doing something, uh, not necessarily, for me, it wasn't even necessarily training. It was studying or something if I wasn't doing that, I was going backwards. Even if I was like, like not losing ground, I felt like I needed to continue to get better. And that's why part of my hall of fame speech, it was hard because uh, my whole career was always about like trying to get better, get better. And so I think even when I was at the top of my game, it was always about even golf. It's had something to do with racing. It was, everything was about racing. So my lifestyle was revolved around trying to be as good as I could on, on the weekend. So, but I enjoyed my time. Like I wasn't a robot. Some guys like are straight up and feel like they, I look at it and I feel like they're just boring and miserable. Um, I wasn't like that, but I wouldn't say I had like a lifestyle like I do now in the sense of like, I, I, when I go play golf, I actually enjoy playing golf. Like I really enjoy it. I don't care. I take my time. I miss that putt you know, whatever it takes. And then like, when I sit here and talk, I never feel like now I'm rushing to get to anything else besides where I'm at right now. So I think that I just enjoy every step of the way now, um, compared to where, when I was racing, I always knew that there was something else I needed to be getting ready to, or I was needed to do or get ready to do. And then there was always a Saturday, Saturday, Saturday was coming. Now it's like, well, today I'm here and I'm gonna be here until not. Yeah. Well, Traffic's so bad out here. I hope you're not, <laughs> and you're not in a hurry. I can't wait to get back right. to California. I got a question off of that question. Uh, you I, can't do that. Uh, I just did. Submit, I just did. Submit it. So obviously you had a strict diet while you're racing. Did you ever have any like cheat meals or what was, what was the cheat meal? Oh, Betty Crocker fudge brownies. Yeah. yeah. Betty Crocker fudge brownies. I didn't have no strict diet. Like I'm black, man. I need that salt and sugar, man. I just, I can't even function without that. Some people just need certain things. And, um, so my diet was my diet. Um, 
but I, I wouldn't say I had a strict diet. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I watched what I ate go in my mouth, and that was it. <laughs> I just watched it, and then that was go it. That's, the that's about as much as I was watching my food on there. But I wasn't, I wasn't fat until like I did show up at Anaheim and those pants. I swear. Can't believe you have me rolling out like that. 28th, bro, I was off a year. I need them. Just give me 30s on there. And them things are tight. I was so embarrassed, man. I couldn't even like, you know, when you're trying to pull your pants on, you go like, one, two, three, and pull that zipper up. That's how it was. That's how it was. I'm you want to be 28th now. Oh, man. I, oh, man. It's bad. I don't even know. Like, I'm to the point to where I remember one time I got so skinny. This is in 14. <laughs> I went to my doctor. He's like, are you sick? Like, damn, bro. Like, are you all right? Like, he's like, are you like, no, I feel he's like sick. Nah, just mm. about to get ready for a default photo with my shirt off. <laughs> default photo. Yeah. And now, yeah, I don't know. So, my lifestyle is, yeah, it's whatever. It's talking to y'all. Uh, next question. Uh, oh, no, you said diet. See, your question don't even count. Don't even like watch it. Next no, question. It, next. It, <laughs> What was your most rewarding neck burn? Oh, oh, they all pretty rewarding. I'll tell you that much. Um, probably the one I didn't even get a neck burn was the 03 and when the last, the 40th, Pudge Creek. The Toronto was a pretty good neck burn. That was a pretty good neck burn. Um, Villapoto, and that was a pretty good neck burn. Had one against Chad in 2007, Indy. Basically, last to win that was good neck burn. Had a lot of good neck burns, but I, it's hard to say which one is it. But if you ever had a neck burn, you'll realize all neck burns, good neck burn. It's good to be burnt at any time, whether you win. That's the only way you can get a neck burn. But all 50 of them was pretty good neck burns. Good answer. There you go. Yeah, like that. Um, your dad raised you a certain way. Now, with your kids getting interested in the sport, what would you do different? Yeah, he raised me a certain way. Um, if I had a cell phone, I'd call CPA on his ass, whatever you call it. <laughs> you call it parents, social thing. Nah. Uh, child protective child services. Child protective services on that. Now they got cell phones. They'll call, uh, they'll call uh, I know. Yeah. You know, bad parents and your kids be like, ah, ah. Ah, yeah, hit that button on your ass. Nine, like, one, like, nine the, one. Ah, damn. You like go to play. Like, Look around for some cameras. So, no, my, um, yeah, my, my dad, he did raise me um, exactly how I needed to be raised to be able to raise my kids the best way I feel like I can, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think it's like when I look at like how I, I came up, it, it's hard to be like, okay, I'll, I'll raise my kids like that way. Um, and that sounds terrible. But what I guess what I mean is like the the racing on there. The reason I was so good is because my dad really he pushed me into it, you know, because he knew he knew I had talent and he knew like like for whatever I needed to be strong enough to be able to like if I ever became good, be strong enough to break barriers and like deal with the things I have. And so I think like it's just hard to with my kids, like the lifestyle I have and and the opportunities that like I, I do, like they just, they fall into a, a trap of a Hall of Fame dad. They just fall in a trap of a, 
a nice house. Um, they fall into a trap of a nice car and, and coming out here and seeing all this stuff. So how do you get a, a kid to live and, and work as hard as he needs to work? It's like, we ain't going to eat tonight if you don't go in. So I think trying to raise my kids like that, um, like on there, it's just hard because it's like I'm telling them the opposite of everything in life, really. Um, like in my, I knew when I, when I won races, I was able to get something like, and it was like, I knew the reason I got it was cause I won the race. Like, like now that like, I, I give it to my kids, like, cool, like whatever. Like they'd be like, why didn't you give it? Oh, yeah, there? It was just yesterday. Yeah. And then, so like, but my whole reason I'm crowned up on the hall of fame, uh, speech and, and really enjoy life and embrace the moments. Cause everything I've done um, throughout my life is, is been able to give my kids a lifestyle and enjoy and try to like spoil them to a sense. So I'm like torn. Like, I'm like, I want to be the dad that teaches them like the, the value of a dollar. But then I'm also the dad that's like, like my whole racing career that I've accomplished all this thing. And it was directly now to like for them. So like, what do you do? And I don't even know if I got it in myself to whoop an ass or, or not <laughs> on there. And I do say no a lot. And they don't listen to me. And that's just a bad indictment to me. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I My dad raised me exactly how I needed to be raised. And, like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Um, and I feel like I'm just trying to raise my kids the best way I can. And, and you yeah, know, it's just life. So, And we will get Big J on the, on the show. Yeah. We see the we yeah. see the comments. Yeah, I'm still afraid of him on there. I'm still <laughs> kind of afraid of. Him. No, he's he's doing his thing. Like uh, you know, he's with Malcolm. He's he's doing like with <clears throat> basically what he did with yeah. me on there. So yeah, yeah, he was at Ellen's yesterday. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. I, like I said, it's nice when especially my mom. She'll be like, she she watches the show and she'll ask me questions, and I'm like, that's cool. Mama's asking me like the fans. She probably can submit a question. She would. He probably got yeah. one of them fake names on there. Who knows? Like Dirt Bike One could be her on there, but it's 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 cool. Well, this next one, everyone's gonna think I planted this question. I didn't. Uh, Snickers fifty two asks, "What was the process behind Seven? When was the idea born, and how has it changed you?" Well, good question, Snickerdoodle. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to help me with that, Raj. Um, I just remember having a conversation like with you. 2012. About, yeah, yeah, 2012. And um, at that time, you were, we were working. I was around for Answer. And I think we were, I was about to re-up my deal or mm-hmm. something around there. And I just felt like, like just looking around and, and it could be easy to say like, oh, I felt like the sport needed to change on there. And like, I wanted to change the sport. But I don't think, anybody thinks that before like they, they're able to I knew what I wanted to do and I felt like I was in a position where the the money I was getting paid was hard to walk away from um, but I wanted to have more impact in decision making on what I felt like would actually benefit um, riders and I don't know like just a different like I what make gear that's it's it's more for i guess athletes in a sense like 
you know, when you think about like how much we train and, and from how much effort they put in motorcycles and, and teams and, and just everybody, I felt like your gear needed to be that way. And I'm not saying an answer made bad gear or anybody else, but I knew there was a way um, it could get better because I felt like we were always, when it came to training, we would go wear somebody else's stuff. We would wear like Nike performance stuff. Or if we wanted even like compression stuff, like we would go wear another company. So I was like, well. Well, remember well, a couple months ago, we were sitting here, us three, watching Toronto Supercross. And remember, I pointed out, I'm like, look at how much different you look compared to everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that race specifically. And that was so early on with Seven. The other brands hadn't kind of caught on to what we're doing yeah. or what, what, what we're out doing now. Um, and, and now they're all doing it. But uh that that race specifically, if you, if you go watch back and watch it, you you obviously what you're doing is, is amazing, but you stick out more so than everyone else. They all have baggy jerseys, yeah. all kinds of like crazy prints all over, and, and then here you are, this like you know streamlined, like everything's tailored, and it just you just look more like an athlete and not like a like freestyle. Yeah, uh, no, and, and exactly, um, and it's it is cool to watch like. The, the field and, and riders, everybody, they look like athletes now on there. And, and again, I think when I, when I came in, it was like being the first uh, black person to come in, win a uh, supercross, then the above us crop, like doing that, changing the way people ride motorcycles that those two happened just kind of naturally. Like I was doing that because I wanted to win. When I thought about seven, there was a reason like, um, uh, like there, there was like, uh, vision to kind of like what I was trying to accomplish to where the difference was with the bub scrub. It just happened. And then when they asked me, I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. Like I didn't even pay attention to anybody else. Um, but I, I think it was more, again, like I was saying, like when you look at other, um, training and, and, and all that stuff, like we would just go wear other product. And, um, I remember in the beginning when we, when we first started talking, the biggest thing was to get you over there and then like to kind of believe in that. But I knew like, just like anything else, like there was going to be a lot of pushback because it was a different look and it was going to cost some companies one to lose money or change their whole program if it worked. And so my, my thing was when the compression was the biggest thing was like, okay, we're doing that. And the industry was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. But every rider that wrote it, like when we were trying to do it, like they're like, damn. And that's the first thing I thought of when I wrote it, I'm like, like, dude, the wind resistance and I can move. And then you start breaking in like blood flow and, and, and all those things. But just the feeling that it gave me, it's kind of like when I would take a picture with my shirt off, <laughs> that that feeling of being like in shape. Well, that was kind of like the look uh, um, and the reasons behind it. So seven was there is I'm, again, I'm leaving out a lot of stuff, just like the whole uh, team situation. But there it was uh, it was a game changer. It, it, it was a game changer. And it was cool to see. Um, everybody who wore it knew why I created it and why seven was around and the people who didn't, um, they were, they were kind of just like, they, they didn't know. And, it, and it's nice to see a product just like a bubble scrub. Once you do it and once you feel it, you know why, why it's there on there. And I feel like seven, we were able to do that and it changed the whole industry and it made every company step up and every, um, you know, everyone benefit from it. Yeah. You, sometimes you can't even tell the difference between seven and half the other ones out there. But to me, like I never got upset at that. I thought it was funny 
some things would be close, but that was where I was trying to go out there anyway. Yeah. Like it needed to be better for all of us on there. I used to get upset at first. Now I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a compliment on yeah. there. The fact like, that Alpine Star uses their championship jersey as a seven. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. No, you, you, you do. But yeah, to me, I, I, I think like, you know how much work we put in behind it and all the things that yeah, burning your hands, you know, putting those wings on and stuff. And that was the other cool part. Like I knew, if you own your gear company, then you could do things that like I wanted to do. And I used to always look up to Nike and Oregon, how they used to change uniforms and just that sleek look. And you were always looking forward to what was next in my whole career, opening ceremonies, videos and everything. People always used to look at me like what's next. So I think seven was another um, innovation of like a carry on from like that, you know, um, of me like what's next. And we used to show up at the gate. And we used to cover our stuff up and we pull it off and you, everybody was looking like what's next. Um, and then, like I said, it would just, it evolved to where it changed everybody else. And yeah, I never had a, I never felt or never, um, always had a vision that it was not only going to do for seven, it was changing the whole industry on there. So I, I don't get upset that it did do exactly what I thought it was going to do. Hopefully both times. Like I, I, I don't want to say I talked you out of it, but I, when you first called me when you were at Fox and I was at Answer, I remember we probably talked 30 minutes mm -hmm. and I, I was like, you don't want to come over here. <laughs> it was like, trying <laughs> yeah. to talk you out of it. Yeah. And then when you, the idea of seven, I'm like, we got a contract here for a million bucks. Do yeah. You want to sign this? You, you want to do your own deal? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it took me a minute to, to see the vision, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, you're right. <laughs> I forgot about the answer part on there. I mean, I was like biggest name leaving like Fox, which was a big deal at that point going to answer. Um, and he's like, you sure you want to do this? Like over there. And I'm like, no, yeah. I, I looked at coming to answer was that uh, part of, I could take this brand and build it, like create like they could be just as good as Fox, like on there or any of these. And I think at first they were super open to doing whatever ideas yeah. you have, but then towards the end, they got fat. Like, it, on well, there. I just think that your ideas were maybe too far for like the compression. Not that we ever pitched it up to them, but a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do there that now we're doing at seven, they weren't ready for it. Yeah. I mean, it's like life. I mean, that say like sometimes, you know, dating a girl, move she move in you trapped in right like boy too and it gets you everything to move your ass in there and then like all that stuff stops yep stop cooking stop cleaning on there well i feel like it's same thing when you're but i think that goes back to my point to where i was never able to allow myself to believe how good i was because of that thing and i think with answer and just a lot of these companies like you know, when you're trying to get back up to that level, um, you do whatever to get there. And then once you kind of get there, um, that was kind of like it kind of put it at that point. So like you kind of, I guess, got fat in the sense. And you're right. They stopped doing some of those things. And then, you know, I just felt like, well, I just saw what I did with this company right here and I want to be able to create more. And so that's kind of where seven was. But, yeah, it was hard to walk away from all that money on there. But. Yeah. And now even with Bubba's World, it's, it's like, I feel like we're doing what we did with Seven, but all over again with, with yeah. Bubba's World. So yeah. that's kind of cool. And th that's not, the answer one, when I would say out of all the things I've done, that was probably the most 
the goal was to do what it did on there. It was a purpose behind that. And I felt like it was benefiting everybody with this one, Bubba Scrub and a lot of other things. Like I did it because like I, I wanted to, and I felt like that was the best thing for me, but it is cool to watch like other studios change. And even the way people talk and how they go about their show, like it's changed um, because of this. And I uh, feel like a lot of people want to be experts now. They want to break down some races. They yeah. Break no. down. So break that's, down. it's cool. Break them down. Even you brought up that cool conversation that about how that the conversation of how the name kind of came about of seven that he didn't really want it. Oh yeah. At first he didn't, you didn't want it to be seven, but I think everyone involved at the time was like, it has to be like, there's no. Yeah. Well, it, I was, I was more, I don't necessarily say I was more against seven. How against, I was against how seven, and the, the name thing was presented to me. Um, and when it was, it was tied to me, I felt like they were trying to make it signature gear. And that's what I did oh. on there. And so when they brought up seven, it was like, uh, I think it was S seven on there. Stuart seven. Um, it was tied to my name. Cole was asking me what, what some other names were and, and what other logos looked like, but I, it was S seven. But thinking yeah. back, I, I knew it had to be seven. I don't even remember what the other ones were. Yeah, it, it was. It didn't even matter. Yeah, well, I think, I, I you know, I always say, like, w- when having Troy there, like, it wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Like, with Troy, he was able to allow me in there to create this brand that ultimately, I don't know if he knew in his eyes that was going to end up competing against him, but uh, he was allowing me to, like, create this thing, allowing us to do it. And that's when, like, I think he knew something was, like, brewing there, especially when we were getting all, like, people started talking about it. And he kept, like, like at seven, like, he knew if it was tied to James, then it would only last as long as James would race, not necessarily building the company. And I was like, no, that's not. I mean, if I was doing that, I'd just have my own signature gear and get percentage off that and take my money that I was getting made. That answer. Yeah, what I was already doing. Yeah. And the fact that I just walked away from all that money on there um i wasn't going to come over here and do the same thing on there and so i was i was against that so i think that's where the the seven probably i was against it was because it was it was s7 i remember specifically we had like designs for it and i kept like no i'm like why are you pushing that like why are you pushing it i knew why he was doing it and that's what maybe motivated me to continue to do it more because i'm like if the dude established like this and he knows that this concept can be real and um, it was good. So, yeah, I knew with Troy, like, it was like one of those things that I couldn't, like, he helped us and I couldn't have done it without him because he allowed us in there. But I knew I couldn't live there. Like, it would only go so far. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. Yeah. And so we were able to do it. So it was good. But, yeah. Um, you guys split in 15? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's where all the little details. Um, I like I had the vision, but I mean, this cat really like he was the one that made it happen. Uh, like on there, I was able to shine it. But yeah, I can't imagine some of the conversations. And the fact is, like, I remember it got awkward for a little while, like with the designers on there, like because we were using like TLD designers, yeah. uh, like two and uh, developers, not designers. Yeah, d- yeah, developers. And then we got Mo yeah. over there and then uh, like he was helping. But I, it was like 
it was hard because as this thing kept growing, it was like more influence from. Well, remember when they wore, remember the, the Troy and I'll give Troy credit. He, he was cool enough to allow us to put at the TLD Vegas. team uh, in seven at Vegas. I'll stick up. But that caused without Troy knowing that caused a shit storm within TLD. Yeah. Uh, it called for Cole and Jesse to, to have a meeting on Monday or Tuesday with, huh. with the whole company and saying, Hey, if these guys are wearing this and we're wearing this, yeah. something's got to change. Yeah. No, so no. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. No. Well, I, I don't now think, look at their line now. Like yeah. they're, it's, it's lightweight, yeah. four way stretch, laser cut holes. I mean, it's what we were doing in 12, 13. Yeah. No, it's, it's it just took them this long to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was a big change and stuff. And, and I think a part of pride, I mean, I know I would feel that way and maybe I'm wrong, but it would be hard to be like, all right, like, yeah, I'd be one of the last ones. Cause it, like this thing was built here and I would feel like I'm just copying it, giving in like he won that I'm copying this stuff. But uh, again, Troy was a, um, you know, huge help in seven and and just i mean everything everything so i can't think of enough but yeah i was thinking like do you know what you're doing right here on there it seemed like other companies knew because i mean we talked to others they're like hell not so um, a couple of them were into it yeah well it was i think it was a perfect fit but i just remember like as that thing kept growing um it, it was it was starting to get like a little bit well can't do this can't do that on there slowing it down but do you want to say who the other one was or no? Where where it almost went? Where did it almost go? Because I almost, I, dude, that's why I say it. Like you were involved. So in it that. came down to two. It was TLD or or Fox, and I. Well, we were going to play shift, right? Or no? Or we were going to start another one? No, it, we were going to live within Fox, and and I told you were talking to Pete. You, I remember that you were talking to Pete, and I'm like. There's no way Pete is going to do this yeah. without with you wearing a Nike boot and no. a bell helmet. And no. he said, oh, no, Pete's cool with it. Pete's <laughs> cool with it. And I'm thinking in my head, well, all right, Fox is 15 minutes from my house. TLD is an hour. Like That's when they, they just moved to that new place over there yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm cool with that. But I, I knew. And then sure enough, the 11th hour, he called and said, hey, you need to wear this boot. You need to wear this helmet. So we yep. went to Corona. We went TLD. Yeah, uh, you're right. I remember that. Um, but that was Pete knew. Hmm. Can you believe that? Like we were close to being like seven was almost with Fox in the beginning. And I mean, I have great friends with Pete. Um, he started what renting now anyway. But I just imagine like it's almost like the question when people ask like, what would it look like if I would went to Honda? In the beginning, yeah. What yeah. if we went to Fox? Everything happens for a reason. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Cowie was the best place for me in the beginning, um, and I think uh, Troy was the same thing. It was allowing us uh, to do that. But yeah, uh, that would. That's I. You're right. You're right. That's I remember having that conversation, and I wanted to keep my own stuff because I knew it needed to be separate. Like if I was wearing a Fox helmet, then it would become a signature gear line, and um, and in Pete's defense, you know, the boot and the helmet is too big of a segment for him not to not to have you in it. So I, I understood it. Yeah. But I, yeah. again, everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah. And he was trying to like, hey, I can get him yeah. in a boot and helmet without really paying him to be in that. Um, exactly. But it wouldn't matter. I think he actually ended up offering me money anyway. And I was like, no, um, to wear that because I was going to lose money from that the other Alpine Star. But my vision was never like I... 
I was all in on that on the seven deal. And I knew there was only one way that it would work. And I was like, it needed to stand on its own. And it does. And here we are, almost 10, 10 years later. Yeah, 10 years later. Um, well, anyways, people, I think that was... Um, oh, those were some good questions. Those were some good questions. And it was a good year. It was a great year. Um, uh, citing, I mean, you think about a year from now, uh, a year ago, where we were doing this show, not really knowing where it was. A couple weeks into it, actually a couple days into it, we were number one on the podcast still. And then a year later, I'm a Hall of Famer, um, broadcast guy, still kicking it, show, a lot of different things. So it's been good. It's It's been good. I think next year is going to be even more exciting. Um, we got some guests, some good guests coming up, some surprises that I think y'all are going to like. Yeah, we got um, some good shows coming up. Yeah, and hopefully we can get some riders on here and, and start getting guys like Kenny and... and Alejandre, Eli, all those guys on there, you watching. Um, but a big thanks to my team, all two of them <laughs> on there. Um, the show wouldn't be here literally without these two guys. So Cole Beach, Sonny, what's the other doggy's name? Moose. 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 Little dog named Moose. Um, your girl, like on there, our stats, our stats woman, like she, all yep. the stats are. Yep. Uh, what would she be like? She's, she's like, like the intern. The she's in, the intern. The intern, but like <laughs> yeah. she's kind of. Oh, no pair. Yeah, she's the intern. What, so, yeah. Like, I wouldn't say producer. She's going to be stoked when she hears that. But like we run through things through her. Yeah. Like, so we need to get like a group. Yeah. Like, what do you think on yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rod doesn't even care what I have to say anymore. So, she yeah. writes some copy for me. Yeah, coffee. So, uh, yeah. you know, we got to thank her. For hey, well, quickly, uh, you got to pick your favorite question. The winner of, of Bubba's t-shirt. Oh, which one? The. One, one? one of the questions. I know. Which t-shirt to get? Oh, it's a good question. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Ooh. So we came a long ways, but still not quite there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, I would say, uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? I don't know. Dirt Biker 1 was pretty good. I mean, which t-shirt we get? How about we give them all t-shirts? You know, we feeling like Merry uh, Christmas. You know what? That's, that's Merry Christmas, okay. everybody. All everybody that was mentioned, y'all get there t-shirts. We okay. all this is the show for the people. <laughs> it's the people the show. People, yeah. There you go. So and we don't discriminate here. Y'all get mm-hmm. shirts. So thank you for the questions. And again, like I said, the team, Cole, Raj, appreciate it. Y'all know all the fans, show watchers, everybody. I'm not going to go through that long thing like I did before. And I'm not even going to pull my phone out, lock myself out. But for real, the show continues to go from the like and subscribe. And like I said, if you don't like those those videos that ask you to like and subscribe, just click right here and like and subscribe. And we'll see you next time, whenever that is. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I'll see you guys here soon. And that was a year ago.